0: E tidings, Cosmos. Good morning, 21st century world of worlds. This is Radio Richard Ireland, coming to you from within the sound-proofless studio of life itself. Thor Mila Falcher wrote I am your host, Richard McSweeney, a self-designated lyrical Irish philosopher of the natural kind. Hear this, listener, give it here your fullness of ear. From the beginning there is breath, and upon that breath there are words. While sitting in our beautiful garden, I happened to notice over from me a strand of my hair caught in a spider's web. It must, I thought, have floated there upon a breeze during the night. "'having been picked up by it from some other part of the garden, or even from off the clothesline. "'I have at times found my hairs, too, on the clothesline, among the rows of rain droplets, "'wrapped about them and along them like a single, double, or even treble DNA helix. "'What will the spider think when she comes around and sees it, I wondered?' Will she think it to be a thread of her own web, that somehow she must have left out and untied when weaving it? Or will she think she can use it to add an extra feature to it? Or will she try to remove it altogether, considering it to be a possible affront to her masterpiece, some kind of unknown style of web, intended perhaps even to catch herself?' A doggie, I thought, or a puppy facing a similar situation would most likely bark at it a few times before walking off and leaving it there where they had found it. But then again, spiders are not doggies. Neither are doggies spiders. And the sage in the digital age speaks of the philosopher of old, saying, I saw, he said, an old dog standing on an old stone wall of a recently abandoned Druidic place of worship. And he, with noticing me, and possibly out of a sense of some half-forgotten obligation, sent over my way a few token soft barks. And I gently waved to him with saying, Good morning. While his tail was coloured completely white, his body and neck were patterned russet and white, and his paws were coloured completely russet, And howsoever, his head was also colored completely russet. And I wondered, what color does he believe his head to be? In today's broadcast, I'll be reading from As You Like It, Tao Dai Jing, and the true classic of Southern Taoist fragrance. This is a reading in continuity from As you like it. And I will speak to him like a saucy lackey and under that habit play the knave with him. Do you hear, Forester? Very well, what would you? I pray you, what is it o'clock? You should ask me, what time or day? There's no clock in the forest. Then there is no true lover in the forest, else sighing every minute and groaning every hour would detect the lazy foot of time as well as a clock. And why not the swift foot of time, had not that been as proper? By no means, sir. Time travels in divers paces with divers persons. I'll tell you who time ambles withal, who time trots withal, who time gallops withal, and who he stands still withal. I pray, uh, who did he trot withal? Marry, he trots hard with a young maid between the contract of a marriage and the day it is solemnized, if the inter- interim be but a seven night, uh, time's pace is so hard that it seems the Lent of seven year. Who ambles time withal? With a priest that lacks Latin, and a rich man that has uh, not the gout, for the one sleeps easily because he cannot study, and the other lives merrily because he feels no pain. The one lacking the burden of lean and wasteful learning, the other knowing no burden of heavy, tedious penury. These time amples with all. Who thought he gallop with all? With a thief to the gallows. For though he go as softly as foot can fall, he thinks himself too soon there. Who stays as still with all? With lawyers in the vacation, for they sleep between term and term, and then they perceive not how time moves. Where dwell you, pretty youth? With this shepherdess, my sister, here in the skirts of the forest like fringe upon a petticoat. Are you native of this place? As the corny that you see dwell there she is kindled. Your accent is something finer than that uh, than you could uh, purchase in so removed a dwelling. I have been told so of many, but indeed an old religious uncle of mine taught me to speak, who was in his youth an inland man, who that knew courtship too well, uh, for there he fell in love. I have had him read many lectures against it, and I thank God I am not a woman, uh, to be touched with so many giddy offences as he had generally taxed their whole sex withal. Can you remember any of the principal evils that he laid to the charge of women?' There were none principal, uh, they were all like one another as halfpence are, every one fault seeming monstrous till his fellow fault came to match it. I pretty uh, recount some of them. No, I, I will not cast away my physic uh, uh, on those that are sick. There is a man haunts the forest, that abuses our, our young plants with carving rosalind on their barks, hangs Odes upon hawthorns, and elegies on brambles, all for suit, defying the name of Rosalind. If I could meet that fancy-monger, I would give him some good advice, for he seems to have the quotidian of love upon him. I am he that is so love-shaken. I pray you, tell me your remedy. Gao Dai Jing, Instalment 32 The Tao is not designated as a certain type. The pristine simplicity is just a small display of the Tao. Though it is small, whoever in exercise of this method will make no man in the world daring to treat him as a servant. If the duke or the king or queen knows to exercise this method, all existence will express obedience and loyalty to them. Heaven and earth, Unite and send down sweet dew, which without the direction of humans reaches equally everywhere as of its own accord. As soon as it proceeds to action, it has a way. When it once has that way, people can know to rest in it. When they know to rest in it, they can be free from all risk of failure and error. The relation of the Tao... To all the world Is like that of great rivers and sea To streams and valleys This is an interpretation After my own fashioning Of some lines from the true classic Of southern Taoist fragrance Nautry's star visitor spoke to me saying Humaculate era, What stories, what anecdotes What insights do you bring to this new dog? A Storyteller of Strange Happenings Tells of, of however, midday, a tunnel appeared in the sky. Like unto a tunnel it was, if we can imagine it running through water. It was in likeness and colour to golden mist. Yet of an emerald fawn was it. Its diameter was some ten to fifteen miles, though it most likely was a lot bigger. For it is not easy to measure distances in the air, in the sky, with accuracy when you have only your eye to judge it with. Over the valley of yore did it appear, and it was lying at about twenty degrees to the land. For some time it remained at about cloud level before it slowly descended until its lip was touching the ground. The inhabitants of a nearby village, who had coming out to look at this never-before-seen phenomenon, said that, when they were having the courage to go up near to it, and that with looking up along into it, they could see nothing but endless miles and miles of itself. No end in sight could they see, they said. All they could see was that it seemed to come to a point, but that was only because that was the maximum they could see up through it. With gathering their collective courage, they decided to step into the tunnel to see what might happen. And no sooner had they done so, Then they heard, they said, melodious voices calling them to come up through the tunnel. Now, not having any fear or concern that these voices meant them any harm, they began to walk up along the tunnel. In what seemed like little or no time at all, they found themselves to be walking out the other end of the tunnel. They found themselves to be in a place that was like their home village, but the more so it wasn't a place like the land of ere yet all the more so it wasn't. There were people there, yet there weren't people as they themselves were people. They spoke a language they could understand, yet it was not a language they had ever learned or were in any way familiar with. But looking around them, they found the tunnel to be no more. And they were feeling they should be concerned about that, even worried about that, they said, they weren't in the slightest. In the sky there, a soft peach-coloured sky, were three suns and five moons. And then they noticed stars in abundance appearing, with the suns and the moons having disappeared, and all again seemingly doing so many times over. And they were very contented in that place, they said. And in what seemed like only a few minutes the tunnel reappeared and they, with entering into it, found themselves with strolling to be and soon emerging to be out of the tunnel in the outskirts of their own village back here on the Isle of Vera. But re- returning to where they thought their homes to be, there was now a lake. They were completely baffled. With walking on a little, they came to meet some people who looked familiar to them, yet they knew them not. And they were wearing different styles of clothing to them. And were pausing a while, with being still a while, they knew themselves to be of seven hundred years before. It had seemed only like a few moments ago, since they had first seen the tunnel in the air, had walked up through it, had stayed a little while on the other side before returning. Yet in that much time, 700 years had gone by here on the island. Stories of seemingly momentarily, momentary disappearances such as this have been spoken of many times here on the island down through the centuries. Sometimes a person might ride away on a horse out into the sea or be carried by a flock of birds way up into the sky or here by means of a tunnel. People experience being away someplace else for some time, be it a few hours, days, months, years, even hundreds of years before returning. The memory of which remained with them throughout their life. Though many would not believe their stories, calling such happenings all made up. Nothing further could be from the truth. For such happenings continue to take place right up to this very dawn. In a dawn reverie of this new day, meditated I on what an immortal self of mine did say, did lovingly relay way back in days of long, long, long gone by. O mortal self of mine, when with living in your own realm and time, your edifying voice upon the waves ever will be, fresh and vibrant as ever will it be with reaching unknown worlds, in near-be-far-away galaxies. All right, I will leave it at that for today. Enjoy taking very good care of yourself and those around you. Be ever so grateful for your many blessings. And spare a thought too for people's living in faraway places, in all different kinds of situations, often very difficult and not at all of their own making. You have been listening to an Irish philosopher of the natural kind bringing radio to the Internet via Radio Richard Island on the air globally for about 15 minutes, Monday to Friday. The script format of today's broadcast will be available at a future date on AuthenticClosetDramaScripts.com. It is truly an honor to have your listening. It is more than a voice in your ear. There is power in listening. More than a phrase in your eye. Insight there is in reading. Enjoy both. And please, do spread the word. Thank you ever so much. Richard May you be a blessing unto yourself by way of your past, by way of your present, and by way of your future. Sloan. August bei Nacht